Why do some people get great results from their medical appointments while others don't? Today, we're answering this question and more. But first, the Lady Parts Doctor podcast is a health podcast focusing on issues that affect women and those assigned female at birth. However, it is for everyone. This is our safe place to talk about things that matter to you involving your spiritual, mental, and physical health. It's not medical advice. It's medical information. We talk and I give you the evidence with a little of my personal and professional experience sprinkled in. So sit back, relax, grab your water, coffee, tea, wine, whatever it is you need, and tune in. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor. And last episode, we talked about the HPV vaccination. Now, that episode was recorded via a TikTok live, as is this one. And you had so many questions after that, which was awesome. Like, it just kept generating content because the more I posted, the more questions you had, and it keeps on giving. So that was the inspiration for today's episode as well. I responded to a post I made answering one TikToker's question about why you can't get the HPV vaccine over the age of 25 in the US, and really just discussed about how that's no longer the case here. You actually can get the HPV vaccine between the ages of 26 and 45. You could still be a candidate. And that was a change that the FDA made maybe seven years ago or so, but somewhere in that time frame. Now, another TikToker responded to that particular post saying that he advocated for himself with his PCP, who originally said no. But because of his advocacy, he was able to get the entire series of the HPV vaccine. So that's three separate shots. He was able to get the entire series of the HPV vaccine at 39 years old. And you know, I love a conversation about self-advocacy. I love a conversation about self-advocacy. So I quickly responded with a new post, but that didn't seem like enough. So I wanted to talk more about it with you today. And that's what we're going to do in this episode. And that really brings us to the question I pose at the beginning of the episode. Why do some people get great results from medical appointments while others don't? Now, with that question, I know you're already thinking like, I know why. Yeah. I know you know why. It's crucial to acknowledge the existence of racial disparities in healthcare. It is crucial to acknowledge the racism in healthcare. And it's highlighted in study after study after study. However, it's also important to recognize that regardless of racial factors, even some people within the same groups are just going to have better experiences with healthcare. So, what are they doing differently? So, I want some people to be you. I want you to have a great experience with healthcare. So I've put together five essential tips for advocating for yourself during medical visits. And then my bonus tip for the particularly frustrating, my doctor isn't listening to me or is ignoring my concerns comment. So here are the five easy steps that you can take to advocate for yourself at your visit. One, prepare a list of questions and concerns. Before your visit, Write down any symptoms, questions, or concerns that you have because what's going to happen is you're going to come in for your visit and you're going to be asked. And this help ensures that you don't forget anything important during the appointment. For example, if you've been having headaches and, you know, we'll talk about cramps. If you've been having cramps with your period, you want to jot down 
when do your cramps start? Do they start before your period? Do the cramps start after? Like, do they last? How many days do they last? Do they last um, just for the first day? Do they last for the first couple of days? And what do they feel like? And that's going to be the same with uh, menstrual bleeding too. That's a, a really common one. People say I have heavy periods. So you ask, how long does a heavy bleeding last? Being able to have a list with your questions and concerns about it <clears throat> helps us figure out what might be causing the bleeding and what we can do about it. And number two, bring a health history summary. So you really want to keep a record of your medical history, and that's going to include past illnesses, surgeries, allergies, medications. All of this information is part of that medical picture that we put together for you. So you want to have that health summary. So we'll give another example. Uh, if you tell me that you had asthma as a child and that you're allergic to penicillin, you know, here's a list of all the medications that I'm taking, for example, or with getting treated for like a sexually transmitted infection, I'm going to want to know what's your medical history? What are you allergic to? What medications can I give you? So you really want to provide all of that information when possible. Also, number three, you want to speak up about your symptoms. I can tell you the number of times that you say, hey, are you experiencing this? Are you experiencing anything? And someone will say no. And then later they might bring up, actually, you mentioned that I was having that symptom. Whenever we ask you if you're having symptoms, don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't share that or maybe it's too small. Just share the information and then you can let your healthcare provider decide, okay, do I think that that's kind of related to what's going on or do I think it's something separate? So as much as possible, be open and honest about what you're experiencing. Even if it feels embarrassing, we need the information. And really, you can't be embarrassed. I mean, you could be embarrassed, but we don't want you to feel embarrassed when you come in to see the doctor. Number four, ask for clarification. If you don't understand something that your doctor says, don't hesitate to ask for an explanation of the symptoms. Now, I'm going to tell you, we should be asking you if you have any concerns. Like we should be asking if you need clarification. So if your doctor's just telling you, oh, blah, 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 take this, do that, take this, and then they don't ask if you understand that's a little concerning. But if your doctor uses a term that you don't know, never be afraid. Like it, it doesn't matter what that is, but just to say, hey, I'm not sure what that means. Can you explain that to me? Because sometimes we also get into the lingo and it really depends on who your healthcare provider is, but we can get into the lingo and we might say something just assuming that it's common knowledge and it's not. You know, I can tell you a number of times when someone's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. My husband tells me all the time. He's like, those things that you guys say, other people don't understand. So ask for clarification if you don't understand what the doctor is saying. And number five, follow up. If you have more questions about your visit, if something wasn't addressed and you need more information, you can call or message. And a lot of times you can message through the portal that we have systems set up for that. So saying something like, mm, I forgot to ask during my visit, but what are the side effects of this new medication that you prescribed? That is a completely expected and normal question for us to get. So do you have to do these things? No, you don't have to do them. Will they be helpful? Oh yes, they will be helpful for you. And what if you already do these things, but you still don't feel seen and you still don't feel heard? Okay, so let's keep going. You want to be assertive, yet respectful, but assertive. So you can politely insist on discussing your concerns. Use clear language, be direct as much as you possibly can. So for example, you could say, hey, 
I understand you're busy. Um, I'm really worried about these symptoms and I'd like to discuss them more. Or you could, as we talked about with following up, you could request a follow-up appointment. If time runs out, ask for another appointment to address these specific issues. And really, your healthcare provider should recognize that there's something that you want to talk about and say, all right, it sounds like we need to discuss this further. But in the event that they don't do that, never be afraid to request a follow-up appointment. Number three, and this is one that I always tell people, and even if I've had a situation where I felt like a patient isn't connecting with me, seek a second opinion because not everybody vibes. Like that's that just is how it is. It's not offensive, but you want to make sure that the information that you're getting pertains to you, that it's helpful to you. And sometimes in that scenario, having a second opinion will make you feel like your concerns are being taken seriously. Um, you could say something like, because I know that it's like finding a new hairdresser or something or a new nail tech, like you don't necessarily want to go to the person next door. So you could say something like, um, I appreciate your perspective and I would really like some more information on this. So I'd like to consult another doctor for a second opinion and maybe they'll get offended. And if they do get offended, it doesn't matter. But you know, you should feel comfortable being able to do that. Number four, you can involve a patient advocate. So many hospitals and clinics have patient advocates and it's something that's called an ombudsman. I'm going to spell that for you because um, ombudsman, you might not have an idea, but you've probably seen the word before. So O-M-B-U-D-S-M-E-N, an ombudsman who can help you navigate difficult situations. So you might say something like, I feel like I'm not being heard. Can I speak to a patient advocate for assistance? And that's a way to get some additional assistance and make sure that you're feeling seen and feeling heard. And then finally, use the teach back method. So what is that? So after the doctor explains something to you, repeat it back in your own words. So you can say something like, um, what I'm understanding is that you think these symptoms are stress related. Um, is that right? Okay, um, but I'm concerned that there's something more serious. So that teach back method will be really helpful for just making sure that you and your doctor are on the same page or you, or your, you and your healthcare provider. Now, even though you do all of that, there will still be some times where you still feel like you're not being seen and you're not being heard, or you might feel like people are kind of just pushing you away, even though you still have additional questions, like they're trying to get you out. And I wish I could give you a good, a good reason for that, but I'm going to, I'm going to give the example that I used in that TikTok post that I responded to. Okay. So if they're still not hearing you, if they're still resistant. So in this particular post, as I mentioned, the TikToker was like, Hey, in this situation, I wanted the HPV vaccine. I asked my PCP and my PCP said, no but I was able to advocate for myself. If you feel like you're asking and the doctor is going to say no, you can um, say something like this. I think a compliment sandwich works really well because in this situation, I don't think that people intend to be malicious. There are some people who are just jerks and they're just like that, but I don't think that's most people. So in this situation, more often than not, you may find that someone, maybe they're just super busy, they're overwhelmed. So they just kind of want to be done with it. 
And, you know, unfortunately, you're going to suffer from that, but they're just trying to move on with their day because they're already dealing with so much. Or, and I think this is the most common reason, is that they just don't know the answer to your question. They don't know the answer to your question and they don't want to admit to you that they don't know the answer to your question because they want to, they don't want you to not trust their capabilities. They don't want you to not trust their skills. So they're just going to tell you no, like you want something. They're just going to tell you no, because they don't know and they're not going to take the time to research or maybe they don't have the time, whatever. So we're not going to just walk away from that. What you could say is something like this. Hey, Dr. So-and-so. I really appreciate your advice and your recommendations because I know that you really take the time to research and make sure that you are providing the the best information. You always give such great, well-researched advice. Um, I have a question about this and we'll use the HPV vaccine as an example. I'm wondering if I'm an HPV uh, candidate for the HPV vaccine. I think that I am. Um, And if I'm not, can you explain? Aha. Aha. So if the reason is because they don't know, then they can't explain. Right. And if you would be forcing them to say, I don't know, and they're not going to say that if they're afraid you're going to you're if they're afraid to tell you that they don't know. So in that situation, if there's a pause, you can just say, hey, you know what? I really know that you'd like to take your time and do your research. And I know you're very busy right now. So I'm going to follow up with you. Bam. (laughs) Bam. So you use the confidence sandwich to let them know, like, I trust in your opinion. I know that you give really great advice. And then also take your time. I'm going to follow up with you. So you've given them time and then they can go and research. As you know, when I was in regular clinical practice, I would just say, hey, I don't know a lot about this. I need some time. Or I would go in my office and do as much research. But if I couldn't find the answer to really support and give them an answer either way, I would schedule a follow-up appointment so we could talk about it more and so that I had the time to actually give them an honest opinion based on my medical expertise. And doing so and making sure that your doctor knows, hey, I don't like, or your healthcare provider, I don't need the answer necessarily like right in this moment, that will also give them some time. So I hope that was helpful for you. If you are watching on the TikTok live, I'm looking to see if there are any questions or comments. Um, If you have any questions about this, and if you want to catch the whole episode, then you can tune in. You follow the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. This episode is going to be available And this is for all my TikTok people, to the people who are already subscribed to the show, you know where to find me. But it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's basically all the places where you listen to podcasts and you can tune in for the full episode. So I hope that was helpful. You have an affirmation for this episode. We always end with an affirmation because I want you to leave feeling better than you did when you came. The affirmation is health is wealth and I advocate for myself. Okay. So a pause, health is wealth and I advocate for myself. So how have you advocated for yourself? How have you advocated for yourself in healthcare? Oh, all right. Thanks, Shante. Shante is enjoying it. Very good. But how have you advocated for yourself? Was there a time where you felt like your healthcare provider wasn't listening to you, where they were just kind of 
pushing you off or trying to push you to the side, move on? How have you advocated for yourself? Connect with me. Let me know. You can email me, Dr. Hack, D-R-H-A-C-K at ladypartsdoctor.com. You can DM me. Check out the webinar. If you didn't go to the cervical cancer screening webinar, we, webinar, we talked about cervical cancer, cancer prevention. We talked about the HPV vaccine. We talked about all of that. That's on the YouTube channel, Lady Parts Doctor. Um, you can also subscribe to the website and you'll get all these updates first. I'm going to keep trying to always make sure I'm live on TikTok or Instagram when I do the recordings of the podcast because it's just uh, more fun to interact. With that said, on our next episode, we are going to be speaking with Dr. Nikki Pensack. She is a clinical psychologist and new author. We're speaking about mental health changes of motherhood, how the maternal brain changes once you find out you're pregnant and how those changes continue beyond postpartum. And we're just talking about tra the transition to motherhood because there's a lot that happens in that period. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right. That's the end of the episode and the TikTok Live. Until next time. Mm -hmm.